0: The season ended um, with a thud. It was a surprising game last night. The Lobos were favored by five and a half points in the game. And it just goes to show you sometimes uh, <laughs> that really doesn't matter because uh, Utah Valley University beat the Lobos 83-69. Utah Valley with a 13-point lead at the half, 46-33. to And um, I do also agree with coach Richard Patino a, a bad ending to a, a, very good season when you take all the things into consideration. And I'm not a spokesperson for coach Richard Patino or the men's basketball team. I do think there were a lot of really good things, uh, that came out of this season. And, you know, sometimes it takes years to reinvigorate your fan base and somehow, and I think it all was flipped when they were, then they played that Iona game. And, you know, this, this season was, uh, generally from that standpoint like a huge success an a plus um the lobos did end the year i think winning only three of their final 12 games so three and nine in their last 12 games um isn't going to cut it a couple of those games jalen house out a couple of buzzer beaters in there um sure uh but uh any way you uh, look at it, the Lobos who had an opportunity to play a couple more home games in the NIT—they uh, are out uh, after a 83 to 69 loss. Sam, you were there. Um, you know what your thought? I mean. Uh, it, you on, on last night's contest,
1: I mean, nobody saw that coming. Whether it was you, me, Scott, uh, our friend Richie Schuler was doing the color for ESPN Plus on the telecast last night. He's been on the show a few times. Nobody in the building saw that coming. You mentioned the halftime score; it was thirteen at the half and that was as close as it ever got in the second half. It was a couple of times that the Lobos cut a deficit down to 13, but as soon as they would do that, Utah Valley would would do something right back. I mean, whatever the situation was in that game for all 40 minutes, they played 100% their full offense like it was a, like it was a one possession game the entire way and that was going to be what we saw from the Lobos, that was going to be the one thing that was going to do them in. Last night and really any game this season, that's the thing that's that's done them in. We can talk about the defense. It's a different story. It's been brought up at nauseum at this point. We know defense, defense, defense. But the way that these guys have gotten around it is playing their offense similar to the way that we saw Utah Valley play their offense for 40 minutes. There are too many stretches along the way over a course of a game where it seems like uh, the Lobos get out of their offense, whether it's you know whether it's a possession just breaking down or whatever the case might be, and you know too much of that
0: last night. Yeah, I and I just what was apparent in the first half was how much easier the shots that Utah Valley were getting uh, were throughout the, and then it continued into the second half. Uh, you know, New Mexico's was making some baskets and it was tight through the first 20 points of the game but the shots they were making just seemed to be a higher degree of difficulty shot and utah valley if you want to you know continue to like blame the lobo defense that's fair for sure but they were uh, executing like Uh, teams we see that are successful in the Mountain West, you know, Utah State comes to mind. I'm not trying to use the similarity because it's Utah Valley and Utah State, but uh, similarities in the way they were patient and and got such good uh, open looks. Um, You know, let's face it, New Mexico was relegated to to really three scoring threats. Uh, uh, Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn and uh, uh, Udeze, uh, uh, Morris Udeze. Uh, So, With House and and Mashburn, by this time in the year, 30 games into the year, I mean, the Lobos ended the year uh, 22-12, not bad, 34 games. But, you know, if if we're sitting here and I know nothing and I'm saying, okay, we're going to, like, really only have to pay attention to these three guys to hurt us over the course of 40 minutes, and then – you know, the, the, they made it really difficult on Jamal Mashburn Jr. Uh, just a uh, uncharacteristic one of 14 shooting from the field. So, uh, you know. B- not only like a high shot volume but a poor percentage uh and you know there was just a lot of other things along the way but credit uh, Utah Valley yeah. uh, you, you know credit Mark Madsen t- as well Sam
1: yeah uh, that that's that's really the place you got to start here is we knew that that was a good team you know on paper everything that we tried to pick up on this team we heard that that, that was a good team and that is a good team that has a, has a chance I mean they're going to play Colorado next that's a team that has a chance to make a nice little run itself where they have the offensive night that they did I mean you know we don't we, we don't get the the offensive efficiency numbers so to say with within these games at least not readily available but that was about as efficient an offensive night as you're going to see from Utah Valley. Like I said, some of that was low-percentage shots that they just happened to make. But on a night where the team's leading scorer on the season, Latre Darthard held the seven points. The, the big seven-footer, uh, Bandango, I mean, I mean he ended up playing 29 minutes, but it was very sporadic because of foul trouble, and they still were able to make that offense move the way that it did and score the way that it did.
0: Well, well, Justin Harmon, uh, the the uh, guard that finished with 32 points, number zero. You know, I saw. Uh, I think it was his second bucket of the the game. He drove to the right and and cupped it in in his and sh- sh- like had as powerful a finish as you'll want to see out of a guard. And like the reason that they're leading scorer. And actually, I think that's another, uh, you know, like um, positive uh, reflection on their team is that they did play their. Their leading scorer, normally a fifteen-point-a-game guy, he was fine with just like letting it play out. Everything was going fine, you know, and he he ended up uh, like you said with not nearly his average. But in this case, uh, Justin Harmon was absolutely sensational—thirteen of twenty from the field uh, and just uh, bulldozed his way to the basket time and time again. All right, you're listening to Team Talk live from stadium 66 inside route 66 casino hotel we're right adjacent to the book and uh they have all the numbers for uh all the games tonight in fact i took uh Thirty hard-earned dollars, Sam. And here's what I did: is I just like went to the kiosk and I bet like five unders. I'm not going to share what unders uh, I took. I'll tell everybody how I did uh, tomorrow. I promise. I'll be honest. I'll send a picture of this to you, Sam. But and why, my reason for that, and I have no idea. I haven't been keeping track on if the games to this point. Have been going under. Uh but I you know, they're using this new basketball, which uh, I was about to make the comment that last night that this new basketball had oh I did I think I did tell you something you did. and then all of a sudden Utah Valley uh you started making everything so I'm like well I mean it both teams have the ball and obviously uh Utah Valley's having no problem but I, I'm watching all of these games and it is a different basketball than what we see during the regular season in most cases so uh that's why I'm saying I'm going to go under in five games I bet five dollars on five games and I did a five dollar parlay so when we go on the air tomorrow I'll come clean with who my uh picks were I will send you a picture right now Sam so yes so. I will
1: verify it and I will tell again, you as well uh both the Mountain West teams that we've seen so far have gone uh, significantly under in their games. These two uh, the, the, the total for Utah State and Mizzou was 155 and a half. That one gets to 141 so about 14 okay. points under there. Uh, the total for San Diego State and Charleston was 142 and that one gets to 120 so not even oh. sniffing the total in that one. So you are right. onto something with that thought about these games going under.
0: Well, and the other example, though, that wouldn't apply is the uh, Nevada game last night because Arizona State well, might have said. covered the over by themselves last night. Sam, ouch, that was ugly. Oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, so anyway, you know, we're just talking about these games here, uh, and we'll find we'll let everybody know. Uh, so, by the way, uh, Arizona, I don't know what the the score is, but they're in a tussle with Princeton right now. Uh, actually, it's a, uh, a Five, a one-point lead for Princeton over Arizona with under two minutes to go. Of course, I have Arizona in my final four. Into my the championship game, that's not good. Uh, Arkansas is just mis- dismantling Illinois right now, 55-38. to 38. Uh, Those are the only two games that are going on right now. But the one everybody's keeping their eye on is this Arizona-Princeton, uh, a 15-2 matchup in Princeton with the lead under two minutes to go. Uh, okay, let's get back to Lobo last game. You know, let's try. It. Let's just kind of close the loop on the Lobo season and let's hear from Richie, uh, Coach Richard Pitino on what went wrong overall last night.
2: Bad ending to a really good season. Um, and you know, I just talked to the team just about you got to take the emotion out of it. And although we didn't play well, and they played terrific. We have to understand what our weaknesses are. And I would say it's certainly defense. And individually, collectively, coaching, all of it's got to be better because you can't win that way, especially when tonight the ball wasn't going in. And we were getting some decent looks, but they're going to force you kind of what you had made the point about the two-point shots versus three. We couldn't make threes uh, until the end.
0: So there you go. I mean, and the numbers don't lie. Ball don't lie. Uh, New Mexico ends up forty-one uh, percent from the field in the game, twenty-one percent from behind that three-point line. So uh, we're not a threat, you know, to try to get them to come out and open up that middle, uh, and you know, even struggle from the free throw line. Lobos only ten of nineteen from the free throw line. Uh, Utah Valley uh, were very uh, effective throughout the game, fifty percent in the in the first half, forty-seven for the game, thirty-nine. Uh, percent Percent from behind the three-point line, uh, they didn't get to the line as mo- as often, but they actually uh, shot 73 percent from the line. But the the difference was just the the quality of the baskets that utah valley was getting you know throughout the course of the game and i am not a psychiatrist i'm not going to go to you know jump to any conclusions that the lobos weren't ready to play i think that's kind of a lame assumption um but you know there there are factors you know we talk about how uh, a lot of times sam it's not about the x's and o's it's the jimmies and joes and that you know that is a, a good analogy, but then you have to factor in that each of the Jimmy and Joes out there are are humans, and like the the whole mentality of where the Lobos were, you know, early in the season to uh, to how you know they had that slide, and you know the hope was uh, and the thought was that this would be a great opportunity to. Uh, you know, recapture some of that little bit of the uh, success in the first half of the season, and make a little bit of run, and things set up so nicely for him in the NIT uh, with Rutgers. The per- potential, uh, you know, to, to advance without having Rutgers in the bracket, all those kind of things. Uh, they didn't come to fruition when, you know, you lose the game uh, like they did last night, 83-83. to 83-69. Uh, okay, so, uh, here was Coach Patino on his message to the team prior to him coming down for last night's presser.
2: Although i gladly talk about the game, um, you know, you, you you sit back and you reflect on what we're building and what I talked to those guys about in the locker room is you did some amazing things, amazing things. Um, Be proud of it, but we got to become a better team. And if, if, if we'll have conversations and it's the reality of the profession, unfortunately that we're in where guys can kind of come and go. Um, So we'll have honest conversations with everybody and continue to recruit our butts off over the next Month or two to see if we can add some really good pieces to go along with some good core guys. So, uh, appreciative of the fans, appreciative of you guys. Uh, It was a fun, fun season and uh, a lot to be proud of and to build off of.
0: So, what I hear there, Sam, is this is not like any, that that, the exact opposite of status quo moving forward. Uh, Like the discussions with the players on the team, the discussions with players that may want to be on this team. But you could tell by the tone of Coach Richard Patino's voice that uh, he knows they, they you know, the, getting better. Yeah, the, I mean, getting better on defense. Yeah, that that's one of the things where he says we got to coach better. Uh, uh, but I just think that his sights are set on having a collectively different personnel next year, and that's not any kind of an indictment on the players from this year Sam No
1: no not at all but when you hear him talk about defense and when you hear him talk about you know we have to regroup and kind of rethink how how we got to this point at the end of the season it's not even just defense cuz you can just you know say they need to be better on defense and move on and and you know that that can mean a thousand different things but when you talk about X's and O's and Jimmys and Joes. That's really where that comes into play. It's having. I mean, you can have the best defensive scheme in the world, but if if there's if there's a gap between what you're drawing up and what's happening on the floor, that's when you know that you know we have to try to find some different guys who can who can match that. And and I don't, sir, I I I don't I, I don't see the the whiteboards that are being drawn up. I don't know what the defense is that they're trying to run, but it's the idea that that there is some kind of disconnect there along the way. If you want to try to find the optimism, because you know, we can talk, you, you can ask a hundred different athletes all you want about momentum through an off season, and you're going to get a hundred different answers. But we do know that fan momentum through an off season is real, and that's something that that, that uh, Coach Richard Pitino and by this recruiting, you know, by the staff, it's something they're going to have to hold on to here through the off season to, uh, to try to keep everybody on board and and that and the way that you do that at this point now is you know we're going to see uh what kind of what kind of uh bodies that uh that they're going to what kind of transfers that they're going to bring in and certainly the the foundation's been established with with mo but you know now, now you got to just you know you got to try to do that again which is a lot easier said than done but that's where we're at
0: right uh so uh the uh the the you know, even best best strategies uh, don't always work out well. Just like my strategy, Sam, of putting Arizona into the championship game <laughs> to face Houston, because they are out. Uh, Princeton has upset Arizona fifty-nine to fifty-five. So. Houston. Virginia's out. Uh, Arizona's out. You know, I mean, it's uh, I, you know, just. They it's keep, March. The hits keep coming. It is March. Those are uh, shocking, shocking games to me, but it, it is March. All right, getting back to last night's Lobo game, though, okay? Um, yeah, we, we're not trying to play a psychiatrist and figure out what their the, the Lobos' mentality was going on to the court. Here's what Richard Bettino said about. Like having a sense that this team would come off and, and have a good start, which actually the start wasn't the problem, it was the finish. But here's Coach Richard Patino.
2: thought they were really good in practice. Uh, it's always hard. Game one is always hard in the NIT. And, um, you know, I thought Utah Valley was really good. And we were a little offensively just couldn't get going. And we've always been able to somewhat do that. And we certainly, from the defensive side of it, haven't been able to especially probably the second half of the year. Um, so it's something we need to work on with the current roster as well as who we do bring in. Um, we got to have more of a defensive mentality. But their approach was good. I thought they were ready to go. I thought our fans brought it. Um, just kind of is what it is. Yeah, there was a stretch early to middle
1: of the second half where the Lobos were shooting. I, mean, I think they finished somewhere on 44 45% in the second half. But there was a stretch there in the early stages of the second half where they're shooting about 50%. But so was Utah Valley, and that's where that conversation kind of comes into play. I mean, and, and you know the guys talked about in the game. You, we got to make them uncomfortable. Well, that was the message for Utah State, and the same thing here for for Utah Valley. So that's kind of what you're picking up on, and that's as much a part of of building a program when Coach Richard Petino talks about year two and we're building this. Some of those little, some of those little details along the way that obviously don't want to turn out to be little details, but like that, and trying to be able to fix that along the way, and having a better showing when you get to host in an, an, an NIT game. I mean, I know we look at the stats and, and kind of go off of that, but that's as much a, a part of you know where this program is going to go as as anything else. With regardless of even the players involved, it's just having that you know establishing that from the very beginning.
0: And. and- Possible, uh, you know, to know what the mentality is there, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, Coach Richard Patino saying it's hard to get up for that first game in the NIT, I don't doubt that at all. But being at home, uh, like, should give you maybe that little edge on being able to be, or I don't know if he said to get up for it, but just to be prepared for it. The edge of playing at home, I thought, would get the Lobos over that hump, and. You know, I, I I saw it early on. It, you know, the, the crowd was listed at 6,800, and, and the students were out, as we know. Uh, so that was the number one attended uh, site, right, Sam, so far in the NIT, uh, correct? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, uh, Jeff Grammer giving
1: night. us uh, that this morning is uh, empty in the notebook. Uh, the Lobos was 6,800. Next was Vandy at just under 5300 so by a mile this was the best attended NIT game in the first round
0: and the fans were like really ready i i think they were a little edgier than most i did say that you know that it's a little bit different qual- qualitative when it came to those fans that are going to these NIT games but you know not only did utah state take the lobos out of the game but they also took the crowd out of the game 13 point lead at the half for utah valley And the Lobos never got any closer than that. You know, a couple of things, you know, would get you excited and then, you know, not able to, uh, you know, hit an open three or whatever. And it never seemed to, you know, be able to uh, get any momentum.